You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope you guys are having an awesome day. Uh, I'm Wayne McGahey, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And, you know, we got some uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. Florida State takes on Miami in basketball in just a few hours. Um, I, normally, I try to record the podcast after the game so we talk a little bit about it but I won't be getting out of there until 1 a.m. and really don't feel like staying up until 2 uh, to try and get this posted so uh, we're going to talk about it and then we'll talk about the game tomorrow Uh, DeAndre Francois confirmed that he'll be coming back Jalen Hurts is in the transfer portal now and you know there's some uh, just there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about so I'm going to get into it. Um, going to talk some basketball here real quick. Florida State coming off and a pretty embarrassing loss to Virginia. Um, has to get it right tonight to have a little bit of momentum for number one Duke when the Blue Devils come to town on Saturday. So um, Florida State's got a really, really needs this win. Um, they can't afford to go 0-2 and playing the number one overall team in the country, the best team in the country in my opinion. Um, So Florida State really needs this one. Miami's dropped their first two ACC games to NC State. They lost uh, to NC State at home by five and then got trounced by Louisville 90-73. And um, so they're 0-2 in the conference. They really, really need a win. Um, Dewan Hewell, you might, you know, Florida State fans might remember him. Florida State was in on his recruitment, is ineligible to play for the season unless that gets overturned um not sure you know I, i'm not really sure how that's going all i know is he's ineligible currently and he's supposed to be ineligible for the rest of the season uh so florida state's favored by 10 in this game um and they, and this is a game that florida state really really needs to win miami you know miami th- th- honestly they're about even as far as points per game scored and points per game allowed but Florida State's played a much uh, tougher sets of opponents, and Miami is eight and six. They've already lost six games. You know, Florida State's lost two at this point. Um, despite that, they actually have a solid group of players. They've got five players averaging double figures, um, but outside of that, there's not a uh, there's not a lot of depth. Um, there's there's not a lot of depth at all, which is where Florida State's going to have a big advantage in this game. Chris likes is their leading scorer, averaging 17.5 points per game. Uh, Zach Johnson averaging 14.3. Anthony Lawrence 12.5. So they, they've got a, um, you know, they've got a bunch of guys. You know, Ubuka Izundu. I butchered that name. I know I did. And if he ever listens to this podcast, I. I apologize for butchering your name, but he's averaging almost a double-double. It's going to be interesting to see how Florida State's able to defend him um, inside, but he's averaging 11, almost 12 points per game, and 9.4 rebounds per game. So Florida State's, I mean, this isn't this isn't a bad Miami team. This is a Miami team that lacks depth but has talented players. Florida State is going to have to come out and bring their A game. Um, you know, Terrence Mann returned to uh, – Return to practice after the 
after the Virginia loss. He hadn't practiced before the Virginia loss. He didn't score against Virginia. Florida State really needs him to come back out and be healthy. He was dealing with a heel injury. And then Trent Forrest, who is also dealing with a toe injury, is expected to be back to full health. So hopefully both of those guys can come out and, and play well because Florida State really needs really needs those guys too. Um, you know, Florida State has has only has three players averaging in double figures. Terrence Mann, uh, Fee, and then Trent Forrest. MJ Walker is averaging 8.2. David Nichols is next up at 7.6. Then you've got Phil Kofer, PJ Savoy. You know, Florida State has has a lot of depth. Um, and that's going to be that's really been the case for the past, you know, few years. <clears throat> Florida State has to win because of their depth. The second unit has to bring the energy. And it's going to be interesting to see how the starting lineup shakes out with with uh, Terrence, Trent, MJ, and Phil all healthy. Um, because before, Phil had been injured, and then MJ was injured. So it, they'd just been able to substitute those those guys out of the lineup. But if Trent Forrest, MJ Walker, Phil Kofer, Chris Kumaji, and Terrence Mann are all healthy, that would be your expected starting lineup. But then you also have P.J. Savoy. You have Fee, who's been coming off the bench. That doesn't, you know, I don't see that really changing at this point. But, you know, it's basically you're moving Savoy to the uh, to the second unit, which may not be bad for him. He play, he's played better when he's, you know, he played better last year when he wasn't in the starting lineup. And then, so Florida State's going to, I think that'll be the starting lineup. You'll have Trent at the one, MJ at the two, Terrence at the three, Phil at the four, and then Kumaji at the five. I still don't know why Kumaji starts over E. Maybe it's because they want that veteran presence um, on the second unit, which would make sense. I mean, Fee is playing. Uh, he's he's only playing 18 minutes a game. He does foul. You know, he he does commit some dumb fouls. That's that's what he does. But he's also you know an extremely strong player. Um, so you've got. Uh, you know, you've got Chris who plays 17 minutes per game, averaging seven points, five point six rebounds. It's it's a good combination. It's just you know how how Florida State prefers to use use both of those players. Um, but Florida State has the tools. They really need to shoot better. I mean, it was just an awful shooting night against Virginia. Florida State has has shot better recently. Before going into the Virginia game, they need to rekindle that. Um, and knock down some wide open shots. The ones that they missed against Virginia, it was you know, it was kind of it, it was really disappointing watching that game because I know Florida State is better than that. This is a very good basketball team, a very good basketball team that did not look good against Virginia. Um, I think they're going to come out and show out tonight. I think they'll play much better. I think Florida State's going to going to get the win. Um, if because of nothing else, because they can just throw bodies and bodies and bodies and wear uh, Miami down. If Florida State pay, plays at the pace that Miami wants to go to, and Miami's only playing, you know, those five six guys, you know, it, it's going to be uh, really really tough for them to maintain for the full forty minutes. And I just don't see that happening at this point, especially with the way they've played so far this season. I understand that they need a win. They're probably really desperate for a win. They don't want to start 0-3 in the ACC because that pretty much spells doom for any chance of making the NCAA tournament. And they need a run in the uh, in the postseason to have any sh- or in the ACC to have any shot of making the postseason. So Miami really needs this win. Florida State also really needs this win. I've talked about it. You don't want to go 0-2 and then have to play. Uh, have to play Duke because then you fall to 0-3 and is your confidence shot 
you know, it's just it it wouldn't be a good option. Florida State really needs this win as well. A win as well, and you know, basically they need to take everything they did at Virginia and do the exact opposite. They need to hit the free throws. They need to hit their open shots. They need to rebound. You know, they need to play defense better than they did. It's really everything that they did against Virginia. They need to do the exact opposite against Miami. That's it's it's really uh, it's it's kind of that simple. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how healthy Terrence and Trent are because um, Florida State desperately needs those guys back. You know, Terrence is in, has been an improved shooter this year. Uh, Trent really hasn't, but he's still, you know, his court vision is really unparalleled on the team. And his offense, you know, he cre- he's he's the creator of the offense for Florida State. A lot of the time, MJ can create on his own, but he just hasn't been consistent. I talked a little bit about that yesterday in the few minutes that I got to talk about the uh, <clears throat> about um, the basketball team. I know I ran over. Sorry about that again. But you know, we'll see how how Phil comes on. He's still trying to get into shape. Florida State's going to need him to be in shape. And um, yeah, so. I expect Florida State to win this game. I'll be back on uh, it's tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, talking about the game. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have more on that afterwards. But that'll be all for the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about quarterbacks. We talked a little bit about quarterbacks yesterday. We talked a lot of bit about quarterbacks yesterday. Going to continue to talk about them today because, you know, quarterback is the most important position on the field. And Florida State currently... Florida State's quarterback situation isn't great. And then maybe talk a little bit of recruiting and uh, we'll close it out. So I hope you've enjoyed this first segment, but I'll be back for the second segment in just a few minutes. And by minutes, I meant seconds. Obviously, that I hope that didn't take minutes, but um, jumping back into the quarterback situation, DeAndre Francois announced that he was returning to Florida State. We knew it was happening. Um, you know, he says he has unfinished business at Florida State. We'll see if he's here on the roster past the spring. I'm not sure that that happens. Um, you know, I, at this point, unless Florida State brings in a graduate transfer quarterback, not Jordan Travis, because Travis cannot play this year, barring a, uh, barring a waiver from the NCAA. And I'm not sure what grounds he would have to, uh, to get one, but if, um, you know, so it it would be basically James Blackman, DeAndre Francois again. Um, I'm not convinced that DeAndre Francois will start this season, even if he's on the roster in the fall. Um, you know, Blackman Blackman waited his turn. I thought he should have played for the second half of the season. I, I believe I said that yesterday. You know, his performance against NC State showed that he could run the offense and you know run it fairly well. Um, I know NC State wasn't playing, you know, great defense at that point in time, but Blackman ran the offense well. The offense looked like it flowed under him, and I think he's a he's a much better option than DeAndre. Uh, DeAndre's, you know, last four games at Florida State, potentially his last four games at Florida State ever, were abysmal. Um, you know, it wasn't all on him. Florida State's offensive line, as we know, has been atrocious, but... You know, his inability to run the football, his inability to even, you know, try to run the football and his his unwillingness to run the football, you know, really limited what Florida State was willing to do. And Blackman 
while he isn't the best runner out there, you know, he, he's, he's tall, skinny, gangly, and, you know, it's kind of awkward when he runs, but he's still a willing runner, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this spring, because DeAndre will be back, um, Blackman will be back, and both of them will be competing for that starting job. Um, I'm not sure if Francois will transfer after the spring, um, but that jumps into Jalen Hurts, who Hurts was, uh, put his name in the transfer portal, according to multiple reports today, which means that he's looking to, at least, he's, he's at least looking at his options away from Alabama, um, you know, he could stay at Alabama for one more season. Two is still there. You know, do they fight it out again? Two is still probably wins. Two had a great year. He just had a really bad national championship game against a really good defense. What are you going to do? Um, so, you know, Hertz's best option for a senior year is probably go play somewhere else. Florida State will definitely be interested in him. Um, you know, he's a he's an excellent running quarterback. He's an athlete. He throws the ball well downfield. I think that's something that's kind of underrated about him. He's not the greatest passer in the world, but he does throw the ball well downfield. That's something that he does well. That's something that this offense is extremely important in this offense. You'll remember this past season, most of Florida State's success came in the downfield passing game. There aren't a lot of intermediate routes in this offense. Um, They don't run a lot of intermediate routes. It's a lot of short routes behind the line of scrimmage within the first five yards, and then there's a lot of 15-plus yard routes downfield. So... You know, the ability to throw the ball downfield, it makes him a better fit than, you know, most other graduate transfer quarterbacks that are are running quarterbacks. Um, You know, he's also a guy that you really want to have in your locker room. You know, he's he's a leader. Look at the way he handled the Alabama situation this past year, being demoted. You know, he, he never gave up on his team. He's a guy that, you know, could come in and help the culture at Florida State. Willie Taggart's been talking about bringing guys in that help the culture. Even if he's going to be here for just one year, Jalen Hurts is a guy that can come in and help the culture at Florida State. Um, you know, he seems to be a, a really good man, and you know, his, his teammates seem to love him. And it's, you know, it, it, was a, it was a really tough situation that he handled better than I, than I could have. You know, I, I hate losing. I hate losing out on things. Um, and he was demoted after leading a team to a national championship, too. You know, yes, Tua came in in the second half, and they won that game because of it, um, but Jalen Hurts came in at the halftime of the SEC championship game with some help from Kirby Smart's just ridiculously bad play calling. Um, not not play calling, but that one, you know, the, the one fake was awful, but... You know, they were able to come back, and Jalen Hurts led them back and led them to the SEC title and led them, um, you know, that's what got them into the uh, national championship game. And then, so, you know, Hurts is a, a really good quarterback. I don't, I don't want to say he's a really good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's an excellent athlete that can throw the ball downfield, and he makes good decisions. So, yeah, you know what? He's a good quarterback. There you go. Yeah. It's it's all in how you define quarterback and the way that, you know, the quarterback that I grew up with outside of Charlie Ward is the pocket passing guy. That's changed and you know, you you've got to adapt to it. So yeah, he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not you know Tua or Trevor Lawrence. And I do think Tua is elite. I just think he had a really bad day against a really good defense. Um, 
but you know he he's not an elite quarterback, but he's he's a good quarterback. And right now, Florida State needs a good quarterback that can manage things. Um, how what what would happen if Hurts came to Florida State? That would be tough to shake out. I find it hard to believe that either Francois or Blackman would be on the roster if he did come. Um, I'm not sure why Blackman would set out another year. That would be dumb on his part. Uh, you know, to waste another year after wasting, not really wasting, but sitting for his red shirt year. This would be a year of eligibility that he actually loses. So I'm not sure why he would, uh, why he would do that if he's going to, um, you know, it, it, that just wouldn't make any sense to me, but you know, the quarterback situation at Florida state, they've got, uh, they got to figure something out. You know, does Willie Taggart believe in James Blackman enough that he can be the quarterback of the future? If not, you know, does he believe that Francois can be better than he was last year? If not, then it's kind of everything falls apart. Um, the offense, you know, I don't expect Jalen Hurts to to uh, to come to Florida State. You know, I, I don't know any like I, I don't know anything off that. I'm just going by what you know what I see in front of me. I see a terrible offensive line, a coach that's you know the offense really struggled last year. Yes, they brought in a completely different coach, so. You know, maybe that maybe that helps, but you still have that awful offensive line. And he went from you know playing behind the Alabama offensive line to playing behind the Florida State to to play behind the Florida State offensive line isn't actually you know that that just seems crazy to me. But um, you know, he could end up at uh, could end up in Maryland. Could end up you know I'm I'm not sure what other options out there are out there for him. Maryland would make the most sense, you know, go Maryland with Mike Loxley, Alabama's offensive coordinator, who's, you know, turned head coach of Maryland. Um, you know, that, that might make the most sense, you know, some, for some familiarity, but you know, it, I just don't understand why he would come to, to Florida state at this point in time with everything, you know, he has one year, you know, do you want to spend it getting, you know, getting hit behind a, an offensive line that hasn't proven over the past few years that it can keep its quarterbacks upright. We'll have to wait and see. But um, Florida State's quarterback situation, you know, is it Blackman? Is it Francois? You know, maybe one of the uh, true freshman quarterbacks that Florida State's planning on signing or hopes to sign comes in and just wows in fall camp and and shows out highly unlikely, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how the quarterback situation shakes out because Florida State's, you know, Florida State and Willie Daggett are really depending on this. You know, if if they believe that, if they don't believe that James Blackman is the guy of the future, then, they, I mean, there's not really any other, any other options here unless they can go out and get a, uh, uh, you know, just a stud quarterback in the 2020 class bring him in early and then have him take over as a true freshman, you know, you're going to have your growing pains then, but that's only if you don't believe that James Blackman is the quarterback of the future. You know, DeAndre Francois, even if he does stay for this season, it'll be his last season. You know, James Blackman will be on campus for another three years, assuming that he stays his entire, you know, his entire time. So the, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how this quarterback situation stakes out. Um, you know, what, what Florida state does at quarterback, you know, as far as recruiting during, uh, during January and early February, 
you know, so there, there's a lot to, uh, a lot to pay attention to as far as that goes, but that's going to do it for the second segment of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it so far, and I'll be back in just a few seconds to, uh, you know, to talk, uh, some recruiting. So, Welcome back to the the final segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I'm going to keep it short because I got to get to run. I got to run and get to the uh, the basketball game. But I'm going to talk a little bit about recruiting Charles Moore, the four star defensive tackle slash defensive end. Um, he's a top 150 player in the country. He decommitted from Mississippi State recently. He named a top three of Florida State, Auburn, and uh, Tennessee. Um, He's visiting Florida this weekend, but he's planning to visit Florida State at some point. He's also planning to visit Tennessee officially. Florida State will probably try to bring him in on that January 25th weekend where Florida State is seemingly bringing in every major prospect. Um, I don't expect any official visitors this weekend for Florida State, so um, Florida State will probably spend that on the road trying to visit kids and maybe evaluating depending on how things go. But there's only a few... You know, really a few spots left in Florida State's class. There's only a few options left. You know, Charles Moore is probably the highest ranked legitimate option for Florida State. Um, apparently, George Pickens is, you know, not as high on Florida State now. Uh, you know, with Sam Howell depart- departing and Walt Bell, it's not really surprising. Um, but you've got uh, you got Charles Moore. You've got R.J. Henderson, who's committed to Florida, I, you know, from what... From what I've gathered, he's still going to take that official visit to Florida State on uh, January 25th. So, you know, Florida State still has a chance there. The uh, Ole Miss wide receiver commit, Jonathan Mingo, he's taking the his official to Florida State the final weekend before National Signing Day. Um, Lance Legendry, the quarterback, he, uh, I, I don't think he has any he has any visit plans. I have no idea what's going on with that kid. We'll have to wait and see. It should be an interesting final month for him. Um, you know, you've got John Rice Plumley, the Georgia quarterback commit that Florida State is uh is high on. You know, do uh you know, do they bring him in for an official visit? We'll have to wait and see on that. I'm not you know, th- things are gonna things are gonna shake out over the next couple weeks. We're gonna find out a lot about what uh, what Florida State thinks of these quarterbacks, you know, Legendry and Plumley in particular. Uh, Shimon Cooper committed to Illinois at the Under Armour game. Uh, he's visiting Florida State along with his teammate, uh, three-star offensive tackle Ira Henry. So, um, you know, both of those guys are coming in. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see both of those guys end up in Florida State's class. Desmond Bland, you know, committed to Nebraska. We'll have to wait and see. Florida State's bringing him in for an official visit. It, the, the, Kamar Bell, the three-star offensive guard, um, Auburn, he's high on Auburn, he's high on Florida State. We'll have to see which one, you know, which way that goes. But Florida State's Florida State's got uh it's it's gonna be an interesting month ahead. Um Florida State needs at least three more offensive tackles, at least one quarterback, maybe two. They would like another wide receiver. They're not planning to take a running back this cycle. Um since, you know, Trey Sand they never gained any traction with Jay Sanders or Jay Sanders, Trey Sanders. Um Maybe another defensive tackle. They're trying to keep the guys that they already have committed. Travis J, Quayshawn Fuller, Nick Cross, and Brendan Gant. Uh, at this point, I would expect all four to stick. Not really. You know, Quayshawn would be the biggest question mark in my mind. He's going to take a, a few official visits. But, um, you know, he's been Florida State's longest commit 
since February of 2017. So he's, um, you know, it, it, I think it's going to take a lot for him to decommit from Florida State. But Florida State's looking to add at least one more linebacker. Cooper could be that guy. You know, maybe it's um, Lakia Henry, the Juco linebacker. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. He recently committed from decommitted from, from Tennessee. So that'll do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And... If you're listening to this podcast, make sure and, and and you enjoyed it, you know, you can tell your smart speaker, say, hey, Alexa, listen to Lock, the Locked On Seminoles podcast or play the Locked On Seminoles podcast on whatever, you know, your favorite podcast site is and it'll automatically start playing it. So make sure to check that out. It's a cool little feature. But um, I hope you guys have uh, have enjoyed it. Enjoy the game tonight and we'll talk tomorrow. So that's it. Have a wonderful day.